Welcome to Dog Save the People, a podcast about how dogs make our lives better. My name is John Bartlett, and I'm your host. Kelsey Odson is a real estate agent who started bringing foster dogs to select listings of hers to help bring exposure to more shelter dogs. She does this in connection with Paws for Survival, a nonprofit organization that rescues abandoned dogs and cats from Puerto Rico. Kelsey herself has always had dogs to this day and continues to foster. Kelsey, thank you for joining us on Dog Save the People. Thank you for having me. You have grown up with the whole world of dogs. Can you tell me about growing up and sort of how you were introduced to dogs and and adoptions and fostering? I grew up with parents who had an affinity for German short-haired pointers. And we had a few of them growing up, and they're amazing dogs. My mom, I think, came across a rescue organization and there was a dog who, a German short hair that was in a, a, a local shelter. And this rescue league, which was, you know, breed specific for this particular kind of dog, notified my mom and she went up and picked the dog up. This ended up being one of my childhood pets. It was a foster to adopt kind of situation. My mom went up to this pound, picked up this poor scared dog and fell in love. And he was a head case. He had all sorts of abuse issues and problems. But we just, I mean, he was my mom's world. So we had that short hair. And then through the Rescue League, my mom, I think, fostered, I can remember two or three others. I know that there were more, but I was really young. I was like six, you know, I was little. And I remember the heartbreak of letting some of these dogs go when I was so little, because when you're a child, especially, there's like that permanence of bringing an animal into your home and then being, you know, it gets taken away. I remember being traumatized, but learning from a young age that, you know, fostering and rescue are really important. I grew up with between two different households, four to six dogs, depending, you know, between two homes. Yeah, they always, and always big dogs, you know, short hairs, retrievers, pointers, setters, all big dogs. I feel lucky to have grown up that way. Having worked in the rescue world, when I've met families that are bringing a dog in or a cat into their home and the children are getting to experience this and they kind of grow up just thinking like this is the way that it is. And it teaches them, I think, something very, very important. I agree. I love that you were brought up in that kind of environment. So now bring us to your early adulthood or your 20s. Had you moved to New York City at that point? Yes. I went to New York at 18 for school. And once I got my own place, you know, for the first time, I believe I was like 23 when I adopted my first dog. It was something that I really wanted to do. And I always came at it from the angle of fostering because I kind of had this mantra in my head. It was, you can't fall in love with the first one you meet. You got to be, you know, take this seriously, take your time. You want a dog. Don't just like grab the first one. Right. And that's exactly how it didn't turn out. So here we go. <laughs> saw a dog on Pet Finder that happened to belong to a rescue group that specializes in dogs out of Puerto Rico. I knew nothing about Puerto Rico and the, and the issues down there. I call and I, I mentioned to their adoption coordinator that I was interested in fostering in the rescue world when someone says, I might want to foster it's like hitting the gold mine. Oh, it You're is. Like, Absolutely. Yes. It's because the missing so many link. Pe- it's 100% the missing link. So this woman reeled me in. She was like, you're going to foster. It's going to be great. And she set me up with my first foster, Stella, who is my 
foster fail, my princess, my baby. Yeah. So I went to JFK. Her flight kept getting delayed and delayed, maybe one in the morning or something. By the time she came through, I grabbed this scared little, little thing. And I, it was like, nope, this dog is with me forever and ever. And I knew nothing about her personality. I just, I had this emotional connection with this animal in the back of the cab on the way home. And she's been with me ever since. But true to my promise, I remained committed to fostering. Took Stella in April. I had my first foster, Lulu, by June. I was like gung-ho with this process. I was just, yeah, because by adopting Stella, I learned more and more about the real issues that arise um, in any rescue, but especially the issues that are relevant to Puerto Rico. And I just, it just got me in a place in my heart where I, you know, felt this really strong desire to help. So I fostered three or four other animals that summer and fall, and then I adopted my second one that winter. Uh, Good for you. And here I am in like, you know, on a good day, a 600 square foot apartment, like (laughs) with with two, if not three dogs, and it's getting a little out of hand. I have my two, I've fostered 15, 16, 17 animals, something like this. It's great that the that the dog can come into a home and have two dogs there who can kind of show him or her the ropes. And it has honestly paid such dividends for me with my own animals because they share. They are really good with other dogs. They're playful. They're inviting of other animals. And I know that a lot of people run into territorial dogs sure. and, and issues with them guarding or whatever. And my dogs are like, oh, another one? Okay. I mean, they just roll with it. Now, what is the group that you work with? We're called Paws for Survival. Uh-huh. It's a 501c3 based out of the Boston area with volunteers also in New York City. So we fly animals from Puerto Rico, both cats and dogs, to the New York area airports and the Boston, you know, to Logan. So. That's wonderful. Good for you. Mm-hmm. And I Thank know you. I've met a few people that do some rescue in Puerto Rico. And I remember being down there and seeing so many street dogs. And yeah. it's part of the landscape there. And I was working with an organization called Bidewee, and we got tons yeah. of dogs from Puerto Rico. And they are so they're kind of like their own breedless breed. I mean, they really you can tell they're like the beach dogs and they're just yeah. they're so, so beautiful. How have you been able to incorporate your love of dogs and rescue and fostering into your career? So I have been really lucky in my business, in real estate, to have met people from all different walks of life. And I've been lucky enough to meet people for whom dogs are really important. Yes. So I've done, you know, multiple transactions where pet policies are paramount. Um, Mm -hmm. I remember one in particular where, you know, this is a woman who actually had a Puerto Rico rescue and then two other dogs buying into a very fancy building um, on Central Park South. And we had to actually give her dogs, you know, little mini board applications for the building. It was, it was really something. So I've been able to really connect with my customers or at least some of my customers mutually through a love of rescue and the love of pet ownership and all of that. And I've also been able to incorporate dogs on the occasional showing an open house where the building permits and the customers are are open to that particular arrangement. Again, I'm really cognizant of allergies or if someone has a a phobia, I'm, I'm never going to push it. But especially when I have a seller who's amenable, a buyer who's amenable, and then I call maybe a listing agent or a broker on the other side, everyone's happy to meet, meet a pup. And what's really good about getting animals out in that way 
first of all, if a pup can handle the New York City subways or a taxi cab, you've got a pretty good good odds that it can handle pretty much anything. Yes. So there's like kind of a a socialization aspect. And then, you know, bringing them into an apartment setting with new people or, you know, new smells, new surroundings. Again, it's just really helpful to get them socialized and used to new environments because, again, most of these dogs come from you know, the streets, the beaches, whatever of Puerto Rico, and they've never even been inside very much. So it's, exactly. it's really good socialization for the, for the dogs. And it's really great free advertising for the rescue. Oh, absolutely. Spreads the word in a big way. I've had clients make donations to the rescue after meeting, you know, my dogs in person. Well, I have an um, experience with the world of real estate and dogs and I feel like I got really lucky. I was looking, I was selling my apartment and I had, th- I have, three dogs and one is a hundred pounds. And then I have two smaller rescues. And I was looking all, I wanted to stay in my area in New York city, which is West Chelsea area because my dog Walker, that's her jurisdiction. And I couldn't leave my dog Walker because I hear she, runs, you. she runs my life. So I needed to stay within a few city blocks. So I was looking at apartment after apartment after apartment. And when it got to the time to talk about dogs most of the buildings they were dog friendly to an extent but some of them the broker said well you might not have you might not tell them about all the dogs that you have and i'm like i just i can't do that i I didn't did not feel comfortable i was kicking myself for having three dogs even though i love having them but i thought i'm never going to find a place to live yeah and it is it's an issue in new york city and in many cities with breed restrictions weight restrictions Yep. That is kind of a seems to be a fairly new thing because I've had larger dogs in the past and it was never a problem. So it's such a wonderful niche in a way to know which buildings are dog friendly or pet friendly because New Yorkers, so many of them do have pets and dogs especially. And to be able to find someone who they can work with, who can commiserate with them and support yeah. them and help them find the right home is just, that's that's such a great extra offering for you. So I love that. That's fantastic. Well, thank you. You know, other, you know, building policies certainly are important, but proximity to dog parks yes. or, you know, uh, local pet daycare centers and good dog walkers and things like this you know, being able to advise clients accordingly, I think is, you know, it's been helpful for me, you know, and my customers. So oh gosh, absolutely. My apartment was in Brooklyn Heights, which has a massive dog park. I'm uh, not too far away. And I didn't know when I moved in, but once I did and I stumbled upon it, I put multiple friends in my neighborhood simply because I was like, you have, you have a greyhound, you need to be near this park or you have a German shepherd. You can't, you have to be here, you know? Um, so it's really, it's stuff that, you know, you learn as you go as a dog owner, but becomes really relevant in the circles that you run in both, you know, in business and personally. What are some of the biggest lessons that you've learned from your own dogs? Patience is huge. Yeah. So I adopted my Stella first, uh, and she's a Jack Russell Terrier mix. Okay. And she's the boss. Yes, I have one too, and she's the boss. Oh, yeah. They are the boss. (laughs) And it's, I mean, I love her to death, and she's got such a little fiery personality. Yeah. And my second dog that I adopted, I haven't done the genetic test, but she's a Labrador. She has to. I mean, she's almost textbook. Initially, they got along just fine, and then... Stella's really kind of dominant little personality came out. And meanwhile, Rosie, my lab, outweighs her like sixfold. And it's like, what do you mean? You're trying to nip at my heels. You're bossing me around. And they didn't get along. And it wasn't initial. It was something that developed. Mm -hmm. And 
at one point they couldn't be in the same room. They'd fight. And I was, you know, just heartbroken at the idea of, I'm going to have to give one of these dogs up. This isn't going to work. But instead of going down that rabbit hole, I invested in a trainer. I invested my time, you know, in learning how to handle this issue, which turned out in his perspective to be a rank issue. It was like, who's top dog? Because it was whatever. Again, I'm not a dog behaviorist, but, you know, apparently that was the issue. And using his guidance and doing honestly just a lot of basic obedience and reinforcement and, you know, some rank stuff, but honestly, it was a lot of just basic obedience and being really diligent and being really just on top of their behavior for a two or three month period. I have new dogs. I have two dogs who get along great, snuggle together, can share the back of the car, can eat at the same time, can each get, you know, bones and bully sticks at the same time and they're fine. And I never would have thought that was possible. So the patience is key and also asking for help and asking for resources because, you know, for me and I grew up with big dogs, having your own dog is a very different story. So asking for help and asking for resources and being willing to put in, you know, the time that's necessary. I think that those are the two, I think, most important lessons. But in terms of what they teach me every day, I mean, undying kindness they have this intuitive sense of what's going on and and what's wrong and how to be comforting. As I, as I speak to you here, I mean, Rosie is sandwiched right up against me. Um, (laughs) you know, she's my little Velcro dog Uh and I've had down days and these dogs, I tell you, they know it somehow and they know how to bring me comfort. They come and snuggle. They put a head on my lap. I'm too lucky. I I don't know what I did to deserve their love, but I'm, I'm very lucky that I have it. Well, Kelsey, I'm so glad to speak with you. What you're doing is so inspiring. Thank you. So Kelsey, where can we find you on social media and how can we get in touch with you if if someone is listening today and wants to speak to you about properties and pets? My Instagram handle is just my name, Kelsey Otten, all one word. I'm a real estate agent with Compass. Okay. So uh, if you were to search my name on the Compass website, you'll find me all of my listings, both for rent and for sale. And my contact information is there so you can uh, find me and reach out. So we'll talk soon. And again, thanks so much for joining us today on Dog Save the People. Yes. Thank you. Thank you. I love that Kelsey has been bringing dogs to her real estate listings. And I know that if I were getting a tour of a possible place to move to, I would love having a dog around in the process. And it brings great awareness to these dogs that need homes and getting them out of the shelters. And it's always wonderful when people are able to bring together their passion or career with dog rescue in a logical and beautiful way. Thank you for listening to this episode of Dog Save the People, a podcast about how dogs make our lives better. This show is a production of As It Should Be, a content studio. It's made with the support of our producer and editor, Jack Summer. Special thanks to our composer and neighbor, Daniel Lampert, for creating the music for the show. You can subscribe to Dog Save the People on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you like the show, please leave a review or rating. You can also follow us on social media. For the dog days of summer, during July and August, we will be posting every other Tuesday. I'll be spending a lot more time with my dogs, and I hope you will be too. You can also check out the Tiny Tim Rescue Fund, my foundation, at johnbartlettny.com. Enjoy a walk with your dog and make it a great day for both of you.